Welcome to a life well lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Ken Olette, CPM Certified Portfolio Manager and founder of Orca Wealth Management. In this podcast, he will provide some clarity in setting goals needed to build, preserve, and transfer wealth and overcome some of life's financial obstacles. Ken provides actionable steps to help you plan through your financial ups and downs in a way everyone can understand. Join us on this journey where Ken will explore many financial avenues, drawing from his three decades of experience in helping others avoid risking a lifetime's worth of work and savings by not having a plan and a strategy in place. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olette. Ken, how are you? Well, I am, I'm doing well and I'm super excited about today's topic because it's something near and dear to my heart. So I'm really, really looking forward to this podcast. Well, right when we start, I'm going to just prompt uh, the audience. There is a resource to be had. In other words, uh, Ken's going to tell you a little bit about it. Uh, you'll be able to go to the website right through the show notes. There'll be a link. You can download it. I'm super excited. I've worked with advisors in different capacities for a very long time, and I've never really learned about dividend farming. And, and so that's kind of what you're talking about today. What What is the title of that resource? Well, I mean, that's that's it. It's, uh, you know, being farming for dividends. It's uh, it, it's all about just going out there and um, and working the land of the the, the, the market landscape and, and trying to find uh, those dividend paying companies and mm. and uh, it you know we we've got a lot to cover in today's call so it, uh, it, it there's it, it, it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting I've kind of worked out this strategy throughout my my three decades and it's something that um, that I've used to to just show clients what we do why we do it and um, and how it works. Okay, I'm excited. I, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm right along to learn with the audience, and uh, I'm I'm excited. So where do we start? Well, I, you know, I always like to start with just the basics. So, you know, what, for those listeners that aren't sure what a dividend is, I, I always try to, you know, what is dividends and what is dividend investing? And, and I, I liken it to, uh, so stocks or companies, they pay typically a quarterly payment. So some people get confused with dividends and interest, which is because they're both sources of income, but but as most people know, interest, you are a, a loaner to the company. And with dividends, you're an owner of the company. So with an interest income payment, you would you would loan the bank, let's say, um, uh, or, or an investor for five years, you would get 5%. They would pay you 5% for five years. And then at the end of those five years, you would get your principal back. That would be an interest payment. Mm-hmm. A dividend payment's a little bit differently in that you're, you own the individual company. And that company is providing a share of those profits to you in the form of a distribution, typically on a quarterly basis. So that's kind of the the nuts and bolts of a dividend versus an versus an interest type of scenario. Okay, so I'm that clear as mud, my friend. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it is much clearer, but um, so dividends. I'm assuming they would vary up and down with how well the company does or how while the company doesn't do. Is that about right? That's exactly right. And so dividend growth provides income, inflation protection, and dampens volatility. So that's kind of what it does. And so when we look historically about the importance of dividends, I think, you know, it's funny that we've had these calls. And so, you know, we talked about inflation in one of our first calls. Mm -hmm. And then three months later, you know, everything was about inflation. Then, you know, our last 
or one, um, I don't know, last month or so it was about bear markets. And then of course this month, uh, it, we're finally in a bear market. So, mm-hmm. so some of the, so hopefully dividends will become very, very important probably in about a month from now. Right. Cause of the way our, our sounds past- good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just throw just a, a little bit of data at you, but when we look at, you know, cause the CPI is kind of in the news now, right. Uh, with inflation and things of that nature. So everybody is kind of scrambling to keep ahead of inflation. And we, yeah. we talked about this in a previous podcast that, you know, for, for 30, 40 years, nobody really worried about inflation. It, it was just so low that yeah, people mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, now what people are realizing is, is inflation is a tax, right? And it's, it's a tax that can be a 100% of your return. So right now inflation is, is what, what is it running now, Rick? About what, 8.3%? Yeah, it's it's way higher than I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if your investments this year um, aren't earning eight point three percent, or or you're in something that in cash that's earning seven tenths of one percent or five tenths of one percent, you're basically you know you're digging a you're digging a hole in terms of purchasing power. So, mm-hmm. dividends historically now, and I'll give you some some data. I used you know I always go back to nineteen sixty because that's kind of when the the, the, the populace now is kind of going into retirement. And so it's, it's kind of a good round number to 1960. Mm-hmm. So if we look, go back, we see the consumer price index since 1960 has gone up about nine times, right? So the cost of goods, whatever we wanted to purchase has gone up about ninefold um, mm. in that period. Now the cash dividends of the S and P 500, which is the, the most 500 well-capitalized companies in the U S it's the, what we what we usually term as the market. What do you think the dividends are up on the S and P five hundred in the last sixty years? Yeah, since 1960. Or since nineteen sixty. Yeah. Oh, I would even, I wouldn't even have a guess. What are we talking here? Thirty times. Oh my gosh, so, that's way higher than I thought. Yeah. So just the dividends of the S and P five hundred. Just if you just bought a simple S and P five hundred fund and just took the dividends in cash, you would be up thirty times the the rate of or 30 times what in the, whereas the CPI is up nine times. So there's a tremendous hedge for inflation and dividends over time. Hmm. I've never thought about it that way before ever. And that's, that's shocking to me that it's that high. Well, I'll give you another thing. It's even more shocking. Um, by the way, since 1960, the S and P 500, is up 70 times just on the principal value. <laughs> That's even more shocking. Wow. Jeez, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's kind of a, that's kind of a preface to why I, I love dividends so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but not every stock gives you div- dividends, right? That's I mean, correct. So how do you identify the ones that do, and how do you know which ones are? I mean, again, I guess you, nobody has a crystal ball, but how do we know which ones are the the, the safest? Maybe is as a word to put it. Well, if we can break apart the market into two pieces, two two sides, really, there's there's growth, which typically when you think of growth, you don't think of dividends. You think of, you know, I put um, ten thousand in this company. And my future return is going to be whatever it grows to. So we hope that it goes from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40. And then on the other side of the market, there's what's called value, which is predominantly um, dividend paying stocks, where is kind of the area where they live, where you get about a third of the return 
and the dividend, the rest of it in growth. So the most important part is there's really an art and selection, and it takes a little bit of um, the correct temperament of the investor to do well with dividend investing. Hmm. And so if I could, you know, there's really three things that, that make it a good dividend investor, and that is faith, persistence, and patience. Okay. You know, because a lot of the heavy lifting is done for you because of the reinvesting of those dividends, but it takes those three qualities to to really, once you ascertain the companies that you want to own, and that's kind of the art and science of it, then the investor kind of has to have that faith, persistence, and patience. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I think that those three words across the board when it comes to investing and, and planning for retirement, those are pretty important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're critical. So can, can you can you paint me a picture? I mean, as far as what creates or what defines a a good dividend stock? Well, I think historically speaking, I think the the general investor when you know I don't want to generalize too much, but the the big three when it comes to dividend paying stocks, you you, you kind of think utilities, right? Um, your your power company, mm-hmm. whether it be Southern or or Duke Power, you know it, the the typical utility. They put a, a big um, preponderance of, of their earnings towards, towards payout to shareholders. You have energy companies, which are all in the news right now. Um, they pay very, very healthy dividends, and that's, that's a big part of what they do. And then the financials, the bank stocks, typically uh, the insurance stocks, things of that nature, they, they have um, an important part in, in putting their shareholder value in terms of distribution. So those are the big three, but, the, but it can be in any sector. I mean, there's, there's um, retailers that, that, that pay dividends that there's a broad stroke, but you find the large majority of the dividend paying companies in those, those big three fields. Got it. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, I guess my, my first thought of dividends was, you know, monopoly. Mm-hmm. You, you get one of those cards. Oh, you, bank pays you a dividend, or the company pays you a dividend. And I was like, "What? What in the world is this?" That, I mean, that's a very first understanding of what that meant. I didn't know how <laughs> yep. I got that to happen, but <laughs> I'm glad you're here to explain it. You know, 30 years later for me. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> and I think that um, that that's a great. You know, I play Monopoly with my kids all the time, and um, and it's uh, for you parents out there. Monopoly is a great great learning tool for young kids to learn how, um, cause they don't teach this stuff in school. Yeah. And uh, monopoly's got some, some great life lessons in there in terms of finance and rent and rent <laughs> and escalating rent, <laughs> escalating rent, which uh, we'll talk about that on another podcast. Cause that, that's going on right now too. Um, so, so uh, give me some more examples if you would of, of, uh, maybe some of the tech companies. I know that people like tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a geek. You know, I, I love technology. Um, and and I think that, boy, this is going to, this, this, I, I hope this doesn't turn too many people off of the audience, but I do believe people think about certain stocks or certain companies as sexy things to, mm-hmm. to invest in, right? Yep. Um, you know, the old utility company, mm, not as sexy as, oh, this up and coming, you know, this, this company that is changing the world, quote unquote. Exactly. Uh, so yep. when, when we're talking tech temp companies, uh, are there a lot of dividend paying companies out there? Yeah, they're, they're becoming more. I mean, you know, when you look at typically the more mature technology companies, you'll think of Apple, Cisco, Microsoft. Um, these are dividend payers. And, and, and I'll give you a real life example um, uh, of a client situation that, that I've had in the past that 
that kind of illustrates the power of dividends. Okay. So you don't typically think of Apple as a dividend paying stock because it pays a relatively small dividend. Okay. So back in 1998, um, one particular client and, and in this podcast, I'm not recommending any individual companies. I'm just using this as an illustrative purposes here. So, so don't go out and buy a bunch of Apple thinking you're going to replicate this. But mm-hmm. so in 1998, I got a client to buy a thousand shares of Apple. At that time, Apple was at $17 a share. So it was a $17,000 investment. Easy math, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll just fast forward to today. Apple pays a dividend. They've increased that dividend um, on a very, very healthy standard since they implemented it. So on that original purchase from that, that client, Apple pays them now $23,000. $520 a year, which is more than the initial investment yeah. of the individual stock that they purchased. They put only 17000 in it, but now Apple pays them in current, uh, their $0.98 cents a share they pay currently, pays them 23520 every year, and it's increasing, has been increasing every year. Now, the fun part is the underlying shares are worth $3.3 million. Oh, jeez. Right. Um, so, but that just goes to show the power of, of the growth in income that a dividend that can provide. So it, that, that dividend should, um, as, as Apple continues to, to grow and pass along those dollars to the shareholder, should increase that dividend eight, 9% a year, pass it along to them. So that dividend goes from 23 to 25 to 27. And, and we've, there's a long history of many companies that have done that. Wow. So I, I can see obviously the, the incredible benefit of that one scenario, but mm-hmm. again, that's, uh, that's not necessarily a luck thing, but you know, nobody has a crystal ball on what company is going to do well and do that uh, exactly. you know, in, in 20 years or in, you know, in 30 years. However, I could see how this would be a, an integral part of an overall plan, right? So how do you, how do you help people incorporate it into the other pieces to have a well-rounded plan altogether. Well, you bring up the, you, you, your, your point is very, very well taken. And and is that Apple is an extreme example and what it illustrates over a short period of time, what happens over a long period of time for the normal company. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give you a normal company example. Okay. That would be helpful. So what really got me charged up about dividend investing was back in uh, 90, 394 era, I think I want dating myself thinking back, but there was a little company called um, Philip Morris. Oh, yes. And and Philip Morris had gone from the mid 40s, 48, 49, down to $17 a share, was paying a 13% dividend. And back then, Philip Morris, if you recall, was Miller Brewing, it was Kraft, it was um, General Foods, they were they were at Mondelez, they were a huge conglomerate, right? That's right. And so they had gone way down in price simply based off of, remember, the tobacco issues. Yes. that uh, and, and so you were able to buy, here you're able to buy this great company at $17 a share that the parts were worth more than the, you know, the, 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 the parts were individually worth more than what the share prices were showing at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And you were able to get 13% on the dividend. So- we we were able to purchase some some of that company back then, and now we've got Kraft. Now we've got Mondelez. You know, and, and we've got these other companies, and those have all been increasing the dividends over time. So that's kind of a 
a stodgy example of a company that many people have heard of that don't realize that what happens with dividend growth and and also shareholder value increasing in that in that regard. Does that paint a little bit better picture? Yeah, it does. Now, now question because I, I don't know. Did within Philip Morris, did those companies then split apart and then the yeah. shares did something similar? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. So now hmm. you know, you've got um, you've got uh, Philip Morris International, which is a which is a nice dividend six or seven percent uh, position. You've got um, Altria, which is a nice five to six percent dividend payer. You've got Mondelez, which is a nice dividend payer, and then you have Kraft Foods, which is a five five and a half percent dividend payer. All of these came from the one parent company that you were able to purchase in a distressed situation mm. with the debt dividend and income approach that has worked out very very well for the individual shareholders. Yeah, I, I think that Craft uh, specifically, and this is just a personal issue with me. I'm just going to tell you that right up front. Mm-hmm. Will always be an amazing company. I don't even know what they do. I don't. I don't know what they produce. All I know is that Craft to me equals cheese, and I love. <laughs> I love cheese. Well, so you know, I think they can do no wrong at this point. Now the other ones, you know, Philip Morris, I'm not not too much in tobacco and all that stuff, but cheese. I can get behind some cheese, man. <laughs> My kids get so tired of me telling them the story that in college you were able to buy five boxes of mac and cheese for a dollar. Oh now, yeah. It wasn't I re- it, totally remember that. Do you remember that? Now it wasn't the it wasn't the really good mac and cheese. It wasn't the craft mac and cheese. It was the the store label. But if you remember on a good, I told, would tell my kids this on a good week, we would throw one of the boxes out and double, double cheese. One of the boxes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, and I thought it was just me. <laughs> That's like a, an indispensable life hack. You're like, I can take these noodles and put them with a little bit of red sauce, you know, from a jar of yep, some kind yep. and then double the cheese on this oh, box yeah. and, and you're in seventh heaven. Grill up a little hamburger put in there. Sure. Oh, geez. Yeah. And now, okay. Now you're, now you're just wealthy. <laughs> but that that's a great segue to talking about inflation, right? So you've got you were able to buy five boxes of mac and cheese for a buck when I was in college, uh, you know, thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing, and I'm not like I said, I'm not um, telling anybody to buy Kraft per se as an individual stock. But if you look at Kraft or Coca Cola, why is it such a great inflationary hedge? Because they pay a dividend. They produce a product and they are going to increase the price of that product with inflation. And in doing so, they are going to earn more and more and more and more and more because they're going to have to increase prices. And thus, they're going to be able to increase the dividends over time because they're going to earn more and more and more based off of higher and higher prices. So, you know, that um, that inflation in the craft will probably translate down the road to some form of shareholder value, I would think. Yeah, and that... Inflation. I know you spoke about that, you know, months and months and months ago. But uh, it may be time to revisit that here in in the next few podcasts. I don't know uh, because there there's a point, right? There's a breaking point where people are going to say, "Hey, I'm going to do not not necessarily without my mac and cheese." I, I love that, but, <laughs> but I, I'll be honest. The other day, I I, uh, I had asked my wife to pick up some uh, chips. I, I love to snack on things, man. I, mm-hmm. I just I still do. Um, I know it's probably not the best for me, but she. I said, can you get a bag of potato chips? We're, we're out. Yeah, sure. So you grab one from the store. And and I had some the first day. And a couple of days later, I opened the bag. I, I, I have to put them in a bowl because if mm-hmm. I don't, I'll take the bag to my chair. No and then it's just, then it's just over, right? <laughs> so I, I'm putting some chips in a bowl, trying to portion myself and, and all that. And I look at the bag. 
650. <laughs> $6.50 yeah. for a family size bag, not the party size bag. This is right. the family size bag. And I, I, I said, I'm going to savor these things. And I just immediately told my wife, I said, well, we're done buying potato chips for a while. I, I just can't justify the price. Yeah. Um, you get chips and some salsa. You're talking 13, $14 that, meal. I know that's a dinner snack. out. <laughs> that's a, that's what a dinner <laughs> used out to used to be like two years ago. Yep. So, oh my goodness. But yeah, no, it's uh, that makes perfect sense though, because as they, as they raise their prices and they, they make more that pays more of a dividend. So that's great. Um, and integrating it into an overall plan, I just, I mean, the, the percentages that you're talking about that, that are obviously the possible, you, nobody has a crystal ball again. Um, and you're not suggesting any of these specific companies, but diversifying, I'm assuming mm -hmm. that you would, you would suggest to diversify your dividend approach, just like you would anything else. Yeah, you have to, you have to be diversified across sectors and, and all dividend paying stocks are not created equal. Okay. Mm. That is, I want to stress that to the public that is listening to this. You know that you cannot go out there and buy a the average stock that's a, or a company that's yielding seven, eight, nine, ten. A lot of times, those are distressed. The price is way down for a reason. It's not recoverable, and they're going to cut the dividend. So there, that's where the kind of the art and science comes in. You have to be able to at, look at these companies, look at their free cash flow. It's a fancy term for how much cash flow is generated after they pay all their bills. Okay. Mm -hmm. That gives us that tells us one of two things that tells us number one, that they'll be able to sustain that dividend. And number two, they have an option perhaps being able to increase that dividend. So a lot of these companies that pay relatively high dividends are not earning that dividend. So they're in peril. So all dividend paying companies are not created equal. There is a big division and you have to be very, very careful on the selection and criteria you use to be to define those companies. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Is there anything else we need to cover in this podcast before we give the, the folks some information on where they can find some resources about what you're talking about today? Well, I want to quickly go over, and you know, I'd hate to do math in any of these, these podcasts, but I think that this math is so critical, particularly in a bad market. And it's, it's served my clientele well, um, it's rudimentary. It's, you know, it's very simple to understand. And we're going to, like you, you had mentioned, we're going to put the link, um, on the website. So you'll be able to download it. Um, I suggest you download it, read it. Even if you have children, a spouse, anybody that you, you think you want to explain dividend dividends and how they work in good and bad markets. I think this is a, a great illustration, which I'm going to try to, to vocalize for the podcast audience. Um, here, but like I said, it, it works much better if you download um, the actual two or three page uh, visuals on it. All right, yeah, we'll we'll make sure to do that and supply that at the end of the podcast here. Um, but uh, yeah, let us let us have it. Okay, so it, I, you know, farming for dividends. I kind of came up with the name. So you know, when I was talking with people about about uh, dividend investing, you know, a lot of times you talk to somebody and you would kind of see as soon as you got into the word dividend. Um, companies specific free cash flows, you would kind of start to see people's eyes glaze over a little bit, right? Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I've come to the conclusion that everybody isn't as enthusiastic about these things as I am. <laughs> they just like the result, right? Yeah. So, so I made this little illustration, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through it here. So, if you're, I mean, I use the farmer because everybody can 
everybody knows farming from, from either their childhood or from books or from, from, you know, everything it's, it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty natural occurrence. So if you're a farmer and let's just, uh, and you're going to grow, everybody loves Brussels sprouts. We'll use Brussels sprouts as the, uh, as the, the produce that you're going to produce on this farm. So if you had, you had a hundred acres of land and your farmland cost you 1000 per acre, you have a hundred thousand dollars of the farmland, right? Yeah. Pretty easy math there. All right. So in this every year, you just grow your Brussels sprouts, do your thing and your land produces a 4% yield. So you get $4,000 of which you take to the market and you just get uh, they, you give them the Brussels sprouts. They give you the $4,000 following along. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So instead of spending that $4,000, let's just say you took that $4,000 and bought eh, a little bit more farmland, right? So you got $4,000. We know that the farmland costs you a thousand dollars an acre. So that's going to give you four more acres of farmland, right? Yep. So now you've got $104,000 worth of land because you got those additional four acres that you took, took to market and use the income to buy those four acres. Now this farmer as things happen, there are storms on the horizon. There is a drought. And so the price of land falls by 20%. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Joe's land is now worth 83,200 or 800 per acre. Okay. Yeah. Okay? That makes Simple sense. Math there. All right. But his land still produces $40 per acre, right? The Brussels sprouts are still going to get the same amount at the market. And this is, the, this is using no inflation, no, None of that, just simple math. So now we know that he has 104 acres. So now he gets $4,160. Yeah. Right. Because, sprouts, yeah. Right, because he's got a little bit more acreage and they pay the same 4%. So using that 4,160, he buys more land, but this time at a cheaper cost, right? Because it's down 20%. Hmm. Right. I'm falling so now, now. Now you're falling. So now instead of getting the four acres, that he got before because the price of land was at uh, $100,000 per the whole lot, 1,000 an acre. Now he gets 5.2 acres because it's fallen in price. He's getting more mm-hmm. for his Brussels sprout income. So now he has a total of 109.2 acres. Now his land's still underwater. Now you add that all together, it's 87,360, but his income has increased, right? So a year goes by and the land market recovers. The drought is over. The land has come back in value. So it's just come up. It's recovered a little bit higher than where he had it before to 1,020 per acre. So by reinvesting his money, he now has 109.2 acres that are worth $111,384. He still gets the same $40 per acre, but now because he has more acreage, his income is now $4,368. That is how reinvesting in dividends, in things of that nature, into the back end of the investment, how they compound when the market goes down. These, these markets that we're going through right now, when the market comes back 20, 30% and you're a dividend investor, it is the greatest thing in the world for the dividend investor that reinvests. Yeah. Nothing better than it. That's mm. absolutely clear. I mean that that your visual was was spot on. Um, I'm still going to go to the website. I'm still going to download that. But that is a perfect picture. I mean that that, that explains it beautifully. And and reinvesting the dividends is the is kind of the key. 
It, it is the key. It, it, wow. It's it's compound interest on supercharge, right? Because yeah. you're buying, you're using that compound and you're also buying an asset that, that is lower in price. So you're getting more of it while it's down low. Um, you know, that's why I stress to my clients that, you know, bear, all the heavy lifting is done in bear markets. All the, all the value is created in bear markets when you use this approach. Hmm. Um, yeah. It just, you don't see it at the time because it's painful at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at other things, right? And you're, yeah, you're other looking things. at other things. You're looking at the value of that land. Yeah, absolutely. Not what it's going to be. Yeah. Not what it's producing. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, Ken, I mean, this has been a wonderful podcast. Thank you again. Remind people of the website so they can go and download those resources. Yes, yeah, certainly. www.orcawealth.com. Perfect. Ken, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to speaking to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Eric. I do too. You bet. And of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to A Life Well Lived with Ken Olette, founder of Orca Wealth Management. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Ken comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually helps other people find the show. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Orca Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Life Well Lived. Grow, preserve, and transfer your wealth with Kinolet CPM. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Orca Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Orca Wealth Management, LLC does not provide legal or tax advice. Clients should seek the advice of a qualified attorney or accountant as necessary.